This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sunday Night Football in 2012, but that game does not count because that was on a Thursday Thanksgiving NBC broadcast. So it was the Sunday Night Football crew, but it was on Thanksgiving. That was also known as the butt fumble game. And my fear tonight is that tonight's game will be known as the Taylor Swift game. See, there's certain names of games when you're a Jet fan that signify horror. And I feel like this game tonight has all the ingredients of this being known as the Taylor Swift game. Where Travis Kelsey will score a touchdown. They'll show Taylor Swift a million times. It just it cannot be that type of game if you're the Jets. Show some pride. If you're Zach Wilson, figure it out, dude. Throw some balls downfield. Show us some guts. Stand in the pocket and find Garrett Wilson. He's open. You know, Zach Wilson said that he and the offense are close to a breakout game. Could we see that? Even if it's just a good half, fool us into thinking that the Jets actually can compete in this game. I mean, he's got a 57 passer rating. It's the lowest out of any quarterback that started multiple games this year. He was dead last in that category the last two years. He's not going to make it through the year if this continues, but he'd be the first NFL quarterback to finish last in passer rating for three straight years. It's his 25th career start tonight, man. Take the training wheels off. Let it rip. It cannot be worse. You can't play scared against the Chiefs. You have no chance. They're too good. The Jet defense, I think, will play well, but you can't expect them to hold Kansas City to what? 17 points or less? How are you going to win? I mean, I I expect the defense to show up, put pressure on Mahomes, make some plays. Most games end up being within – one score in the fourth quarter. 70% of games this year entering today have been within a score in the fourth. So can the Jets hang around? I mean, it's not crazy, but how do they win? I mean, you got to win by just letting Zach Wilson rip it if he's capable of even doing that. Or is his confidence so far gone he's just not seeing guys even open where he feels comfortable letting it rip? That's my big concern. The radio play-by-play voice of the New York Jets, Bob Lashusen, will be joining us. In about 10 minutes, let's get back to your calls right now. We'll go to Richard in New York, who's first up this segment. Richard, you're on with Jake Asman. What do you got for us? Yes, I. um, You're you're worried about the minutia and missing the big picture, which is this franchise needs to be blown up and, and they need to start it all over again. Ownership is horrible. They haven't drafted very well for the most part. Recently, their drafting's been better. But, um... Uh, historically, their drafting has been abysmal. And um, they, they obviously, they need a quarterback, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't consider that a home field advantage where they play. It's really, again, a giant stadium where the Jets are allowed to piggyback off the Giants once again. And that doesn't make for a, a true home field advantage. Um, hey, they're just, uh, the franchise is, 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 um, is, is sick. It's it's uh, it's not, it's a, it's a franchise that's sick, and you, until you blow it up and start all over again, get somebody in there who knows how to um, impart a, a, a tough psyche for the franchise, a, a real physical tough psyche which they don't have. Um, you're you're gonna you're gonna have this forever. Richard, thanks for the call, but what you said there is asinine. Blow up the franchise. I mean, this team had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Would they not be 2-1 right now? If they had Sam Darnold at quarterback, would they not be 2-1 right now? There are some issues with the Jets. I have my doubts on Robert Sala and his coaching staff. I am down on Joe Douglas. But let's not sit here and act like 
the whole team is terrible and they stink. Did they not beat the Bills in opening night? You see what the Bills just did to the Dolphins today? This is a good football team outside of quarterback. That's the problem. That's why it's malpractice we enter this game tonight with Zach Wilson versus the best player in the world and Patrick Mahomes. And as far as, you know, you know, MetLife not being a home field advantage, has it been a great advantage for the Giants either? You know, the, the problem with home field advantages, if your teams are terrible, I don't care about home field advantage. There is none if your team stinks. And the Jets and Giants have been a joke for a decade. The Giants finally got out of their own way last year with Brian Dable making the playoffs. And the Jets won seven games with no quarterback and then added Aaron Rodgers and were expected to be one of the better teams in the league with a top-five defense. And I was at the game Monday night against the Bills on September 11th. There was a home field advantage that night. Jet fans are passionate, man. They're loud. No one's going to this game tonight trying to boo. MetLife can get loud. It might be the world's biggest air conditioning unit, and I despise the place. But it does get loud. So that to me is nonsense. And, oh, well, it's giant stadium. It is what it is. The stadium is not why the Jets have been bad. The Jets have been bad because they have missed on the most important position in all of sports. That's the story of this franchise, especially the last decade. Mark Sanchez gave you some moments. He was ultimately not the guy. Geno Smith was terrible here. Sam Darnold was terrible here. Anyone else they put in outside of one year of Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015 has really been bad. McCown was good in 2017 until he got hurt. But that's been the biggest issue with the Jets. Yes, they've drafted incredibly poor, but here they are with a team that was pretty good around Aaron Rodgers, and their biggest mistake was not finding another quarterback the second he went down. And before that, their mistake was not going into this year with a capable backup. You don't think Gardner Minshew could have helped this team? Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, Andy Dalton. I mean, this is a good football team, man. That's what's agonizing as a Jet fan. They're wasting this roster. They should have made the playoffs last year. I saw a stat today. You know the Jets' record, what it would be if they scored the league average in points, which is 22, over their last 18 games? The Jets would be 15-3. and three. So, yeah, I'm frustrated. But I'm not saying, you know, this organization needs to be blown up. they got to fix quarterback. And they thought they did it with Rodgers. And for Douglas to not have a backup plan in case something catastrophic happens is unacceptable. And that's on this general manager, who I like. And I think overall, as I'm kind of defending him here, he's done a pretty good job with the rest of the team. He's had some misses, but he's not Mike McCagden. He's not Mike Tannenbaum by the end of it once, you know, Mangini left and the draft started to really stink. He's not John Isaac. Good God. It's frustrating, man. It really is. Let's go to E. Frank in Queens. E. Frank, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Yes, uh, good afternoon, uh, Jake. Uh, you know, I uh, I hear all the stories about this situation and problem with the uh, Jets, and uh, you know, and I really think that you know we should give one last heave hope, even though we're not hopeful of the fact that the Jets would probably win this game against Kansas City. We can't jinx the quarterback or any of the offensive linemen or defensive or the defense. I think that Zach Wilson will find a, a way to win this game. He'll go 20 and 46 with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. I'm hoping <laughs> too high. And based on, on what? Based on what? Well, I think it's out of desperation. I think uh, uh, Zach doesn't want to leave New York. I think Zach wants to keep playing here, and he's going to be forced to play and perform, or else he'll get the the, the you know 
Thank you for the call. I've I've had enough. I've had enough. He's going to be desperate because he doesn't want to leave New York. Where was this desperation last year when his job was on the line against the Jaguars in that Thursday night game after he got his job back because Mike White got hurt against the Bills? Where was his desperation last week against the Patriots, who he's never beaten and has been awful against? He's going to throw four touchdowns tonight, please. I want what that guy's smoking. I hope you're right, E. Frank, but there's no evidence to suggest Zach Wilson's throwing four touchdowns tonight and the Jets are going to win. I'm on next week with Ty Butler filling in for Brandon Jacobs. Call back if Zach Wilson throws four touchdowns, and I'll, I'll sing the praises to you. But come on, man. Let's be realistic about where this football team is at right now. There's more of a chance Zach Wilson doesn't make it through the first half before getting benched than he throws four touchdowns in this game. If they're going to win, it's got to be because the rest of the team elevates around Zach Wilson. That's their only chance. Brees Hall has a monster game. Can Dalvin Cook do something, or is he just cooked? Four touchdowns for Zach Wilson, please. He's thrown what? He's thrown two all year. Now he's going to throw four in a game. Please, someone find out what that guy was smoking and let me know. Maybe he's hanging out with Aaron Rodgers doing ayahuasca or something. Good God. And Zach Wilson's desperate, so he's going to throw four touchdowns. Please, He's just starting to be desperate now, folks. He had not been desperate to this point, but now on Sunday Night Football with Taylor Swift in the building, that is when Zach Wilson is desperate, baby. God. I hope he's right. I hope Zach Wilson does throw four touchdowns tonight and the Jets win. Bob Lashusen, the birthday boy, will be on the call tonight with Jets legend Marty Lyons here on the station. He's going to pop in. We'll talk some Jets Chiefs with him. Coming up in the next segment. Keep it right here. Jake Asman with you till 6 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. And then Marty Lyons will call the game tonight with our next guest. The play-by-play voice of the New York Jets since 2002. Bob Lashusen joins us now. And Bob, I got to start with this. Happy birthday, man. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on your birthday. Not a birthday guy, I take it then. No, I had, well, I mean, what they don't tell you is when you're a kid that once you turn 21, like that's kind of the last birthday that really matters. <laughs> right? Once, once you can, once you can order a beer, then after that, right, you know, it's just getting older. So I'm a little balder, but I'm fine. On that note, Bob, I won't ask you about your birthday anymore, but I will ask you about this Jets team because tonight, obviously, the entire country is going to be watching them take on the Chiefs and all the hype and excitement around this game being added due to the Taylor Swift storyline and whatnot. Your thoughts on just where the Jets are at going into this game tonight? Are you expecting this team to show up and and be up for the challenge against arguably the best team in the league? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of a wide-angle question. Like, they always show up, or at least for the most part. And that defense is a real defense, and we've seen them hold them in games as much as the defense can. They need run support, right? Like, they, you know, it's, it's like Jacob DeGrom pitching for the Mets, but it seems like, you know, the second-best pitcher ERA-wise when Jacob DeGrom was pitching for the Mets was whoever was pitching against the Mets. Um, you know, and that's what it feels like when, you know, this offense struggles the way that it has. So 
you know, they're not beating the Chiefs tonight, scoring in the teens. And right now, unless this offense starts to push the ball down the field, it's hard to imagine them getting out of the teens. So, I mean, I, I think they know that. As they game plan for tonight, there's no way I'm sure they're sitting around the conference table or were saying, all right, guys, how can we win the game tonight 16-12 to 12 against Patrick Mahomes? Um, and I'll be very curious to see, and obviously if it begins and ends with Zach Wilson, will be pull the trigger if the ball gets pushed down the field because, you know, it, it has to, or else I just don't see how they'll have a realistic chance of winning. Bob Lashusen, radio play-by-play voice of the Jets, with us here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Jake Asman with you till 6, then Jets pregame coverage starts here on the station. You know, Zach Wilson said earlier in the week that, he thinks he and the offense are close to a breakout game. I just, as a Jet fan, Bob, I find that hard to believe given what we have seen so far. Like, wh- wh- Why would tonight be any different than what we have seen from Zach Wilson in his Jets career? Well, again, if you look at the tape, like the, the throws are there. Guys are open. Um, I think it's kind of like a, you know, a grandfather clock where the pendulum has swung back too far the other way with Zach, where now – it's so baked into his head that third and manageable, don't turn it over, that he's just so quickly looking for checkdowns. Even when a, a well-protected pocket surrounds him, that he needs to swing the pendulum back the other way because there has to be a happy medium. Like when he was a rookie, he was struggling because he was slinging it all over the field, but irresponsibly, not seeing it, his first year in the NFL – and was throwing a bucket of load of interceptions. Last year, and I think this was part of their game plan and why they thought they could win with him, last year when they were basically the ground-and-pound Jets of the Mark Sanchez era, they got to 5-2 and two with sack at quarterback. And I think they thought they could do that again. But even as a game manager in the NFL, the ball has to travel more than five yards past the line of scrimmage. Right? It just has to. This league is built on home run hitters making plays. And in the Mark Sanchez era, the Jets got the back-to-back championship games, and if they got it, they didn't really have home run hitters on those teams. They didn't have a Garrett Wilson. And we don't have a Bob Lashusen. Did you hear that noise? Well, that means Bob is gone. Hopefully, Bob, we get him back on the line. We can finish the conversation. But to his point, he's right. Like, those ground-and-pound Rex Ryan teams – Yes, they ran the ball incredibly well. In 09, Thomas Jones leads the NFL in rushing. In 2010, LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Green split the carries out of the backfield. But Mark Sanchez made plays, man. Mark Sanchez in 2010, I don't have it in front of me, but me being the crazy Jet fan I am, I believe he threw 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions on that 2010 Jets team. If Mark Sanchez could do that in 2010. Zach Wilson in year three is not good enough to give you 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Like, that's all you're really talking about with this defense. And I believe we have Bob back with us. Bob, I was just talking about kind of the point you were making. If, you know, Zach Wilson could even channel his inner Mark Sanchez, that might be good enough for this team to win with. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not sure where you lost me. I'm not sure why I dropped. But um, but I, I would agree with that. You know, that there there is, I think they thought, with Zach, that there was a formula that they could win with. 
They got the five and two last year, running the ball and playing defense, and Zach kind of as that game manager. But you know, in the NFL, I mean, it, it is about getting home run hitters the ball and letting them hit home runs. And even those Mark Sanchez teams, they didn't have Garrett Wilson. There's no receiver as explosive on those teams as Garrett Wilson. There's no running back on those teams as explosive as Brees Hall. So they do have guys that can hit home runs for them, but the ball has to travel down the field. Like, even even guys that are thought of as game managers um, are guys still, and Mark Sanchez was this, that will use play action and take shots because you have to take shots. Um, it's funny. I was doing LSU's uh, game this past week and was reminded of a story last year that Brian Kelly told us about Jaden Daniels, his quarterback. About two-thirds of the way last year through the season, we had an LSU game in college, and Jaden Daniels, I think, had not thrown a pick yet, was like one of three guys left in college football that hadn't thrown an interception, or maybe had thrown one. And it jumped off the page as an amazing stat, and we asked Brian Kelly about it. He said, yeah, you know what? Not good. I said, why? He said, if you have gotten this deep in the season and you haven't thrown an interception yet, you're being too conservative with the football. Like we, the ball has to go down the field to your playmakers, and you have to risk interceptions when that happens. And so that, that to me, is where they have to get Zach Wilson back to. That he was irresponsible with the ball as a rookie and turned it over too many times. But I just think the pendulum has, has flowed way too far back in the other direction, where now he's just being way too careful. You, you have to, at times, if you see it, trust it, and cut it loose and try and make chunk plays happen. Because if they don't happen, it's just too hard in this league to think that you're going to put together, you know, 10, 12, 14 play touchdown drives with no more than four or five yards per play, you know, happening during the drive. It's just there have to be some chunk plays to succeed. So I'm hopeful tonight that we will see him, you know, believe in himself and, and feel like, you know, he can trust what he sees and, and throw the ball. Bob Lashusen is our guest here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Jake Asman with you till 6, then Jets pregame gets underway here on the station. Bob, as far as Trevor Simeon, who was signed earlier this week, if Wilson struggles again tonight, what's the possibility we see Simeon against his old team in Denver next week? I guess that's possible. I think Trevor Simeon has already been told um, or I think announced by Robert Sala that he'll be active tonight. But even if you have him out there last next week, it will be on such, you know, a limited playbook. I mean, they just got him here. Um, you know, I would assume he probably will not have the entire playbook down by the time we get to next weekend. But that really would be a, a real worst-case scenario for them. Um, I guess it, obviously anything is possible, but um, I don't even really think that that's in their thought process right now. I think their thought process is trying to get Zach Wilson to believe that he can push the ball down the field a little bit tonight and make some plays. Do we see Sauce Gardner cover Travis Kelsey in this game tonight? Maybe. I mean, the, the Jets don't follow, right? Like, that's not the way they play defense. And there are times where if a tight end is flexed out widest to either side, then D.J. Reed or Sauce Gardner will end up matched up on that player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly possible. I would think that the Chiefs would probably want to avoid that. It seems like teams as much as possible are avoiding getting their best offensive player anywhere near Sauce Gardner. Uh, certainly the Cowboys figured that out. CeeDee Lamb 
was not in Sauce Gardner's zip code too often in that game, and look at how many catches he ended up with. Bob Lashusen with us here. Finally, Bob, I know you are a huge fish fan, but you're going to be at MetLife well before the game. If you bump into Taylor Swift, are you going to say anything to her? Do you, do, you, do you care for Taylor Swift at all? Oh, when it's my birthday, I, I understood she's coming to the booth to uh, sing to me. So <laughs> I'll let everyone know how that goes. You, you be sure to do that. Appreciate you joining us, Bob. Happy birthday. Have a great call with Marty tonight here on the station. All right, Jake, thanks. Bob Lashusen, play-by-play voice of the Jets, with us there here on 98.7 ESPN. Bob and Marty have the call right after Jets pregame with Dan Gross and Greg Buttle, which is coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll take some more of your calls on the other side. Can the Jets win tonight? Will Zach Wilson let it rip? Jets calls, Giants calls as well as they play Monday Night Football tomorrow against the Seahawks. Keep it right here. Jake Asman with you for 30 more minutes here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dane just tweeted out a little while ago pictures of the field tonight as the Jets have the throwback logo on the field, the wallpaper on the sidelines. And, man, you want a positive spin zone on this game tonight, Jet fans, because I'm trying for anything I could find at this point. The Jets have never lost in their legacy uniforms. They're undefeated in their throwback jerseys as they will give Joe Klecko his Hall of Fame ring during a halftime ceremony during this game tonight. These need to be the Jets uniforms permanently starting next year. Bring back the Kelly Green one as well. The current jerseys, all we know them as is, you know, all we've seen them in their state is the Jets losing in them. The Jets should wear the legacy uniforms as their primary jerseys and have the all-black be their alternate beginning next year when the five-year rule is up for the jerseys. That'd be nice. Hey, Woody or Chris Johnson, if you're listening, I think that will actually get the fan base excited about something because there's not a whole lot to be excited about right now when you see Zach Wilson at quarterback again tonight for this team. Let's continue with your calls. We'll go to Angelo in Island Park. Angelo, you're up next. What do you got for us? First of all, I got happy birthday for uh, Bobby Susan, right? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, oh my God. dear Bob. Just so many years, 2001. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Well done, Angelo. Oh, we got more? No, that was the blues. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I play the guitar since I'm 13 years old. That was that was actually and very I, good, Angela. I was a little concerned at first, but that, that was a very good performance. Thank you. I got my grandson at six o'clock. <laughs> His birthday today too. Well, happy birthday, to your grandson. He's three. He's gonna be four, and my other one is gonna be 44. He's seven. Six going on 70. With these kids with these computers, they have iPads in front of their face all the time. But not when we eat dinner or not when we have cake. No no iPads at the tables. Do you have a uh, football point wife. for us, Angela? Yes. I'm saying it's 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 going to be uh, – well, I want to talk about the Giants first, but I'll talk about the Jets. On Monday – Aaron Rodgers blatantly said, I'm not coming back till I can walk 
into the thing on my own two feet. Well, that's ridiculous because you're wearing a boot. I wore a boot for two weeks because I broke my femur, and I have 45 screws in my left leg. He's back with the team, so, Angelo. He's, he's at the game tonight. He spoke to the team last night. He's on crutches. That's great. He's going to be on the field? He will not be Maybe. on the field because he could get hurt being on the not field. Not the field. Not the field. He'll but be in the, on the sideline. Yes, he'll be up in the booth. Oh, good. Oh, good. Great. He'll be there pulling a couple of ways. Excellent. He changed his mind. And the, and the Giants, I love Daniel Jones. He's going to win the game because he's a freaking winner. Uh, he's a big, tall guy that runs. 6'4". I want to see him get some... Get some uh, – who they got for halfbacks now? An- to, uh, Angelo, thank uh, you for the call. Thank you. We're going to end it right there. Good God, man. Great performance. I'm sure Bob and loved it. But we, we got to move on. Let's go to Mitch in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking the call. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, I'll say both these teams uh, should be looking for a core right, uh, next year. I know it's ooh, too soon. Hopefully, Daniel Jones can turn around. Especially, especially for the Jets, though. I mean, Rogers, just worry about getting back for next year. He might not be at the game one. And, you know, the Jets have a right to do it for the future. Draft a quarterback, and he can sit behind him, but it's definitely not Zach Wilson. You got to draft a quarterback first round. I'm thinking of Pac-2, Pac-12 quarterback, we want to say, because there'll be no more Pac-12 after this year. There's so many good quarterbacks coming next year. And one more thing, and I think the way the Bears are playing, even though Justin Fields played, played well today, they get the top pick. They're taking Ken Williams, regardless. They can probably get something for Justin Wilkes. And I would think I would take a fly on him. And of course, your first-round pick. What are you thinking? Thanks for taking my call. Mitch, thanks for making it. Uh, Justin Fields I don't think is very good. I think he looked okay today because he went against the Broncos. No thank you on Justin Fields. I'm not picking up his fifth-year option. I don't think he's the answer for the Jets at quarterback. I do agree with your first point. They do need to draft a quarterback in the first round, regardless where they're at. And have that guy sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or two, depending on how long Aaron wants to still play, and do it differently than what they have tried to do with Sanchez, Darnold, and Wilson. The last time the Jets had a quarterback actually sit and learn behind a veteran was Chad Pennington in 2000, and I'd say that worked out. He was a good quarterback. He just couldn't stay healthy, but when Chad was healthy, the Jets were a good team that routinely went to the playoffs with Herm Edwards and Eric Mangini in 2006. That's what I would do if I'm the Jets. I'd draft the quarterback, have that guy sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Because you have to start thinking about your long-term future at that position because the answer is not Zach Wilson. That is clear. We're past the, you know, can Zach Wilson be the heir apparent post-Rodgers? It's done. I don't know if Zach Wilson gets past the first half tonight if he stinks it up. But they absolutely need to add a quarterback, I believe, in the first round. And I know there's going to be people saying they need to draft an O-lineman. They need to do this. They need to do that. You could find offensive linemen. And by the way, if ABT and Mekhi Becton finish the year at their current positions, I think you have two pretty good tackles. You could bring Becton back, bring him on the franchise tag, maybe give him a contract. He's looked pretty good so far. And I think Joe Tippman's your long-term center. So you could find two guards. You could find a left or a right guard. And you draft a quarterback, and that guy sits and learns behind Aaron Rodgers the same way Rodgers sat behind Favre and Jordan Love sat behind Rodgers. I mean, the Chiefs were a playoff team with Alex Smith. They traded up to get Mahomes. He sat behind Alex Smith. 
it's time the Jets do it differently because I know all these rookie quarterbacks play right away. The Jets are in a position next year with Aaron coming back where he doesn't need to play right away. So you should draft a quarterback. We'll go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here. What's going on, Richard? Hi, Jake. Jake, I don't understand something. If Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback ever in the history of the NFL, why are the Jets only eight and a half point underdogs? Can you explain that to me? I really can't, Richard, other than the Chiefs have struggled to cover big point spreads going back the last couple of years. The Jets are also at home, and there is a stat out there that the lat, like double-digit underdogs at home in primetime have covered like 75% of the time. It's something crazy like that. So that's the only thing I can come up with. But this spread actually opened at 9.5, and, and now it's down to 8.5. So it's actually going the opposite way, which is surprising to me as well. I would have no confidence, though, taking – the Jets the cover like I'm just not going to bet this game I'm going to root for the Jets but I wouldn't feel comfortable you know betting on the Chiefs or I wouldn't feel comfortable taking the Jets the cover this is like a stay away game for me Vegas is obviously comfortable making it low at eight and a half so I don't understand it but that's me let's see what happens tonight all right now you know you get a lot of callers calling up and saying oh I don't care about Taylor Swift I just want to watch the football game game you know and but people have to realize that Taylor Swift is good for the business of the NFL. And anything good for business is really good for the fan. So, I mean, you know, it'd be somebody calling up the station and saying, you know, I don't gamble. I don't want to hear gambling on the radio, you know, the odds and point spread. Well, if it's good enough for the station, it's good enough for advertising, good enough for business to keep you guys on the radio, obviously it's good enough for me to listen to. You know what I'm saying? So I don't understand these people that think that nothing, you know, it doesn't go hand in hand, the business of football and the entertainment part of football. I mean, uh, Goodell must be going wild, the whole NFL offices. And one last thing, Jake, you'll love this. The best celebrity woman that ever came to the Meadowlands, now she sat with the fans, was Mark Gastineau's girlfriend, Bridget Nielsen. <laughs> Man, that, yes. that was 1985. That was a lot of fun when she'd get up and go to the back everybody in the stands would just stare at her walking up and down the aisle. That was funny. Now, she sat in the stands. None of this press box up in the, uh, you know, way upstairs in the uh, ozone layer. No, no, no. She she sat down with the – that was fun, boy, watching her come in and out. But those were the old days, obviously. All right. Thank you very much, Jake. Always a pleasure. Richard, I appreciate the call. Look, the, the, a couple things there. One, the line is very fishy, so I'm staying away from it. And then – you know, two, as far as, like, Taylor Swift, she's good for the business of the NFL because casual fans or, or Taylor Swift fans are being introduced to football if they don't already watch. But if you're a Jet fan, the last thing you need is the Jets getting embarrassed tonight and NBC showing Taylor Swift jumping up and down in her boxing next to Blake Lively, Donna Kelsey, and whoever else is going to be in that luxury box tonight. You just don't want to see it, man. We we have seen these type of games in Jet history that get known as, like, certain type of games. I said this earlier in the show. The butt fumble, the fake spike. I don't need tonight's game being known as the Taylor Swift game. I'd love for tonight's game to be, you know, name the Taylor Swift game if it's, like, a positive game for the Jets. They somehow win. Zach Wilson's so good, he leaves the game with Taylor Swift wrapped around his arms. That'd be nice. But am I going to get that? Come on now. What evidence do I have that Zach Wilson's going to play, even at a competent level? Which, if he plays at a competent level, the Jets can hang around tonight. That's what's so infuriating. 
And, man, does the NFL want a good game because these late window games are terrible. Chargers are killing the Raiders. The Cowboys are destroying the fraudulent Patriots who should have lost last week to the Jets. And the Niners are destroying the Cardinals right now. So there's not a single good game in the late window. And now the NFL is banking on the Jets and Zach Wilson against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to give them a good game after a crazy early window slate of games today. It's tough. We'll take our final break, wrap up with your calls to get you set for Jets pregame here on the station. Jake Asman with you till 6. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN New York. And all you need to know about the state of New York football is they were supposed to be good this year. The NFL thought they were going to be good this year because how often have the Jets and Giants played back-to-back primetime games? And this is now the second time it's happened. Giants open the year against the Cowboys. Sunday night football, Jets the next night, Monday night football, and then here we are a couple weeks later, it's reversed. Jets on Sunday night football, Giants on Monday night football. Both these New York teams were supposed to be good. And if the Giants lose tomorrow, with their schedule coming up, where they play the Dolphins and the Bills in back-to-back weeks on the road, they could be looking at 1-5. and And if the Jets lose tonight, if they don't beat the Broncos next week, then they play the Eagles, and they're going to be looking at 1-5 and into their bye week. So these are just huge, huge moments for these franchises. No one expects the Jets to win tonight, but if they don't show a pulse, and Zach Wilson is terrible, you got a new quarterback next week, and what's a must-win game? And if the Giants can't win tomorrow against the Seahawks team, that's a good team, but you've had 10 days to prepare for them. I know Saquon's doubtful. I know Andrew Thomas is out, but you had 10 days to prepare for the Seahawks. You're at home. This has got to be a game you win if you want to be taken seriously as another you know, playoff-caliber team this year after you were last year. That's the reality. It's crazy that we're here this quickly, but that that's that that's where we're at with New York football. And can the Jets find a way tonight to pull it off? It's going to take a miracle defensively. And Zach Wilson, man, let it rip. You got nothing to lose. Let's wrap up with some calls here before we hand it over to Dan Grassa and Greg Butler with the pregame. We're going to Neil in Garden City. Neil. Jake, how are you? What's up, Neil? At the stadium here, a lot of Chiefs fans. And, you know, I'm going to give you guys a couple of scenarios. First off, if I said a quarterback today was 28 to 33 for 300 yards and four touchdowns, how many guesses would it take before you said Justin Fields? (laughs) It just shows you how bad that Broncos defense is, huh? Well, let me just say this to you. This is my feeling today. And, again, I'm a 55-year Jet fan, as Jake knows. I don't know if anybody else does. And I probably made some of the best calls of upsets of anybody that I know. And today is going to be one of them. And I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why. First off, you look at Buffalo. You look what Josh Allen did to the Dolphins today. You look what he's done to his last three games. And you look what he's done to us. And there's nothing even close. Okay, that's number one. So if Josh Allen can't score against us, there's no reason to believe that we might do the same thing against Mahomes. I'm not saying we will. We don't know Mahomes like we know Josh Allen. I'll give you that. But there's a really good possibility. We're going to be very ownery on defense. We're going to put a defensive plan together. We're going to put sauce on the tight end. And we're going to make things happen on defense. On the other side of the ball, all right, I'm looking for a lot of – this is Nathaniel Hackett's 
coming out party play calling wise for Zach Wilson. The first three games, it looked like Aaron Rodgers' playbook, and they just put Zach out there to try to perform in that playbook, which doesn't work. This is going to be jet sweeps, short passes, yak for all our good weapons that we have. Everybody forgets we have great weapons on offense. We have Garrett. We have Brees. We have Hartman is going to come out today, do something big. We're going to have Rucker blocking and doing tight end screens. We're going to have a team that you're not going to recognize by the end of this game. That is my full-fledged prediction. Now, I want to tell everybody right now, there's a, to put $100 on Zach Wilson to throw over 300 yards today because it's going to pay you $1,800. It's an 18 plus 1800 Jake, it's 100 get you 1800 or 18000 What does it get you? I got to check 1800. that. 1800 All right, 1800 So <laughs> we're going to get, everybody's going to make $1,800 today on Zach to throw over 300 yards. I don't ask me what he's going to do next week. But for this week, that's what I'm predicting. Everybody have a great game. Everybody keep their heads up, and it's going to be exciting. That I can tell you. It's not going to be a blowout or anything that anybody predicts is going to happen. That's the Jets. That's what I know about this team for 55 years. They never do what they're supposed to do. Neil, I appreciate the phone call. Enjoy the tailgate. Sounds like Neil's had a couple uh, cocktails already in him. Look, I, I, I appreciate the optimism, right? And in theory, your game plan makes sense, and I do think the Jets' defense is capable of keeping them in this game tonight. I can't expect them to force four turnovers like they did against Josh Allen in week one, but this is a good defense, and I think they're going to show up in prime time. They're going to be motivated. No one wants to get embarrassed with everyone watching. But how are the Jets scoring enough points? Sure, Nathaniel Hackett could make some of those adjustments, but if Zach Wilson's afraid to throw it, what do you do? Were they able to coach up Zach Wilson enough in a week to say, hey, there's guys open, man. Throw it. If it's a pick, we're not benching you. Don't be afraid of throwing interceptions because we promise we're not pulling the plug on you. We're giving you this game. This is your game, Zach. Even if that's not true, that's what they have to tell him. Because he's got to go out there and not be gun-shy, and he's got to try and take chances downfield. You can't beat the Chiefs trying to play like how you did against New England. It's not going to work. And it's infuriating, by the way, that the Jets lost to this Patriots team as they trail 28-3 to at halftime against the Cowboys. The Pats are terrible, man. It's the most least talented team Belichick's had probably since his first year there in 2000, and the Jets somehow lost to that team despite only allowing 13 points. I can't even truly enjoy the Patriots' demise given the Jet quarterback situation, and that's a shame. Lonnie in Harlem is up next. Lonnie, what do you got for us? You're on 98.7 ESPN. First name, Jake. Last name, Ashman. What's up, my boy? Shout out to the company. Shout out to Downtown TV. Just wanted to call in, you know, talk to you just real quick. I'll piggyback off the last call. I do believe that the Jets defense can cause the Chiefs uh, a little headache because if you really think about it, as long as they (laughs) – it's going to be hard to do, which means like nobody else in the league can do, lock up Travis Kelsey. I really don't think the Chiefs really don't – they don't really have any other receivers to throw to. Scott Moore drops the ball. Kadarius Tony drops the ball. So, you know, as long as the, deep, the, the Jets defense does what they have to do, I think the, the game can be close, as you keep saying, everybody else keeps saying, the Jets need to just open up the playbook for Zach Wilson, um, let him, you know, sling the ball. Hopefully the kid has got some confidence over the last week or so because last week he left a lot of receivers open. So hopefully he doesn't do that this week. Uh, I'm not going to say the Jets can upset the Chiefs, but I 
I think as long as they keep it tight and don't embarrass themselves on national television tonight, I think that, you know, it's a possibility. Hopefully my Giants pick up the win tomorrow, obviously. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to the Lady Liberty for making it to the um, WNBA Finals for the first time since 2002. It's a great thing to see. Hopefully that the ladies can uh, bring a championship to, to New York because it doesn't seem like any of our male teams are going to do it for us. So shout-out to them. And, you know, Jake, always thank you for uh, coming on to New York Radio and running a great program, my friend. Thank you. Lottie, appreciate the call, my friend. And congrats to the Liberty. They should get some recognition here. They took down the Connecticut Sun, and they're going back to the WNBA Finals, as you heard Lonnie say, for the first time since 2002. And they play the Las Vegas Aces, so, like, the top two teams in the league are meeting in the finals, which is pretty cool. Maybe they can win a championship because, certainly, they're the closest team in New York right now that has a chance to do it. Look, I, I think the Jet defense tonight will keep them in the game, at least in the first half. But human nature will set in if this offense goes out there and just gives you nothing. If they have 60 yards of offense again through their first nine possessions, 